We're good. All good? Yeah. Do you want me to start? Yeah, go for it. What is it? Time is up. Right. Yeah. Right. It's going to pick me oh, up. I'm, obnoxious. I'm obnoxiously loud, so the thing's definitely going to pick me up. Do you need an announcer at the door? Recording in progress. Recording in progress. <laughs> On air. <laughs> Hello, I'm Luke Lanhair. You may know me from guest appearances on such podcasts as Morph Club, an Animorphs podcast, and This Week in Baseball, a show about This Week in Baseball, or more realistically, you know me from my guest appearance on In the Few Mood. Uh, let me take, briefly take you back to 2019. For a month before ASWE, a large group of chemical engineering professors were talking back and forth on Twitter about creating a chemical engineering podcast. And on the first day of ASWE, nearly 20 of us sat around a table, trying out a microphone, brainstorming, and working out a general plan for how we'd make it possible. And then two months later, completely independently, Matt Cooper and Jason Barrett decided to just go ahead and create it in the fume hood on their own. Uh, and to be fair, the product has been something far more entertaining and informative than anything our ASWE discussion would have produced. I could go on and on about the good work in the fume hood has done and is doing, the contributions they are making to the chemical engineering community and chemical engineering education, but to keep it simple, I will summarize in the fume hood in a single sentence. In the fume hood is just one of many, many podcasts that knows more about rap music than it does about chemical engineering. <laughs> it just also happens to know a lot about chemical engineering as well. <laughs> it is my pleasure to introduce the host of In the Fume Hood in their first ever live episode. Friends, colleagues, enemies, and everyone else in between, please give it up for Matt Cooper. Summer School. I'm Matt Cooper, Associate Teaching Professor of Chemical and Biomolecular Engineering at North Carolina State University, and I'm happy to welcome all of you to the first ever In the Fume Hood live show. Today I'll be interviewing a panel of wonderful folks in our chemical engineering education community. Dan Berkey, Associate Dean for Undergraduate Education and Diversity at the University of Connecticut. Dan Anastasio, Associate Professor of Chemical Engineering at Rose Holman Institute of Technology. And Sandy Pettit, Associate Professor of Instruction at the University of South Florida. We're going to be talking about their experiences at past summer schools. For our listener, I'm not good with numbers, but I'd have to guess there are one, 200 people here for the show, standing remotely. Just listen to that crowd. With the preceding introduction now complete, here I offer the In the Fuma disclaimer as follows. Just to be clear, this podcast is recorded completely outside of my guest and I's normal work responsibilities on our own time, and all opinions expressed in this podcast are likewise our own. They are not intended to reflect those of our employers, funding agencies, professional societies, or frankly anyone, just us. All right, so we'll go ahead and get started here. So welcome to my esteemed panel, the Dans and Sandy. <laughs> so what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about summer schools from the past. And then on Thursday, we're going to talk about summer school of the present. So all of my uh, folks on the panel today have attended past summer schools, and I'm going to be asking them questions about that. So I'm going to start with you, Dan Berkey. So what was your first summer school that you attended and do you remember who led that summer school and the, the location? Do you have any memories of the location? Uh, yes. So my first summer school was University of Maine at Orono in 2012. 
Um, and I know that, that Joe was in charge of that, Joe Shiewitz, so, um, and that was my first experience with summer school. Um, it was actually great because my wife's family is from Maine, so we kind of made it into a family trip, and so we drove up, uh, and dro we drove, so, and it was my first time, my, my, my strongest memory was, was staying in the dorms again for the first time. I hadn't done that since right. I had been an undergraduate, and so, um, all universities must use the same cleaning supplies because you walk <laughs> into the dorm and it's like that smell of industrial solvent and right. industrial cleaner kind of hits you. And you're like, I remember this from 20 years ago. Um, so that was my one of my clearest memories was the was being back in the dorms for the first time. So how about you, Dana Anastasia? Yeah. So my first summer school was the previous one at NC State. Uh huh. Uh, Familiarity. Yeah. Um, and I think it was led by David Silverstein and Lisa Bullard, and apologies if I'm forgetting anyone else. Um, my memory about the venue especially was the new engineering campus with the library that had the robot arm where you could program yes, the book. Yes, the book bot. Yeah, and mm -hmm. so we were all like, can we use the book bot? I don't know if anybody did, but that was really cool to see the demo version of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Sandy, what about you? So 2017 was also my first summer school uh, at NC State. And uh, yet, as we know, these were put on by com full committees. Mm -hmm. uh, but my primary interaction was with uh, Lisa Bullard and uh, Don Visco. Yes. Uh, so I think Jason Keith was also on that committee as well. So shout out to Jason yeah. Keith, too. <laughs> and, uh, and I'd say, you know, similar kind of, uh, I had never actually lived in a dorm before. So it was a whole new experience. <laughs> 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 yeah, I remember mine was also Maine, just like Dan Berkey, and Maine is so gorgeous in the summer. For the listener, if anyone hasn't gone to Maine in the summer, you are missing out because it was absolutely beautiful. So I, only great things to say about all the summer schools I've ever attended, because I went to the one in Raleigh, of course, I was on the committee for that one, and then this one also, I mean, Golden is terrifically beautiful as well. So kudos to the committee for picking such a great place. So I know that I've met a lot of lifelong friends at the summer school and like colleagues that I still keep in touch with and you know collaborators and all those different things. So I'm wondering, you know, what were who were the people that you guys remember meeting at the summer schools that turned out to be really important people in your careers and your lives? So I remember walking into the dorm and there was this guy who was sitting there with his computer and I, and I had no idea what it was and I I now know that it was an Arduino board, so he was actually sitting there playing with like this microcontroller, and he introduced himself, and it was Tony Butterfield. <laughs> and I had never met Tony before, right? it was our first time, and Tony and I are good friends now, like a decade later, and so I, you know, and that was totally random. And if you actually to talk to Tony, Tony calls me his college roommate, because he didn't actually have a roommate <laughs> in college, like that was his first sort of college roommate experience. And so Tony and I like to joke that we were college roommates, even though it was a summer school roommate situation. That would so, be a cool yeah. roommate to have yeah. too. Tony's great. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I kind of got plugged into the community really early when I was still in grad school, thanks to my PhD advisor, Dan Berge. <laughs> uh, so when I was at summer school, I was seeing a lot of familiar faces, but then getting to actually spend some more time with people and getting to know them better. People like Jen Pascal, Luke Landhair, uh, Tracy Carter, uh, Janie Brennan. So it was just a really great opportunity to like immerse yourself. Like in a conference, there's so much to do that you might not even be in the same place at the same time. But here, it's like everybody's going around, everybody's seeing the same stuff. So you really get to know people really well. How about you, Sandy? Uh, yeah, so for me, the experience was different because I was actually an industry person for 15 years. 
And uh, so I didn't you know, really re-engage with uh, academia until just a couple of years before my first summer school. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, so you know, uh, 15 years in, in industry, did everything from process engineering and manufacturing and even construction. Uh, so summer school was kind of really um, uh, a, a, just a waterfall of information, <laughs> uh, you know, because I had transitioned into this new career and uh, tons of people. So, so for me, uh, you know, naming one or two, no, it was dozens of people that I met and got great information from. Uh, I fell in with the Northeastern crowd, uh -huh. so, you know. Uh, That's bound to happen. <laughs> Luke and Tracy and, uh, and Courtney, of course. Um, I'll, I'll also, you know, uh, guests on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Luminaries in the field. <laughs> uh, but also, um, uh, like you, had a fantastic roommate. Uh, so my roommate was, uh, was uh, Christy Dover West. Who a lot of folks know from the AICG Ed Division. She's the chair, chair elect? No, second vice chair, first vice chair, first vice chair, right? Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with that. that uh -huh. Sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, we we really bonded. We were roommates, and and funny enough, totally random. We are roommates again. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe next time, wherever they're having it, you guys can just plan on rooming <laughs> yeah, together again. <laughs> So, you know, I remember the most memorable workshop I went to whenever I was in Maine was Milo Koretsky's workshop on the concept warehouse. I He had a mug that he gave away and I unfortunately dropped that mug on the floor and like, I it broke. And I haven't been so sad over a coffee mug breaking ever because I had so many wonderful memories of that. That was kind of how I got started thinking about conceptual testing and how students learn concepts and the idea that just because you put a box around a number, it doesn't mean that you actually know how to solve the problem. It just means you were good at computationally figuring it out. It doesn't mean that you actually knew what you were doing. So I'm wondering for all of you at your first summer school, what was the workshop that you thought was the most memorable for you? So I remember um, it was 2012. I had been at UConn about two years. We were coming into an ABET visit. Um, and I was at the time um, associate department chair, and so one of my responsibilities was was ABET, and so I went to one of the sessions. I can't remember exactly who ran. I know Kevin Dom was one of the people who ran that one, and it was I was teaching design as well, and so it was it was a workshop on on ABET and learning outcomes and design. I might be conflating two workshops there. Um, but it was just like this sponge experience. I was like, this is all things that I absolutely need to bring back <laughs> right. to make this visit successful. And it was just like, we're not doing any of this crap. Um, <laughs> so you know, after that, I went back and we redid it and it was a very good visit, but it was, I, I remember thinking that like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I came to this because this is all stuff that I'm going to absolutely need in the next like 12 to 18 months. And talk about so. timely advice when you're dealing with ABEC. hundred percent. Jeez. What do you yeah. think, Dan? So for me, it was definitely, I think this was the first one that I went to too, was uh, Margot Vigent and Polly Pier Giovanni's food science oh, one. Oh, I went to that one too, that it was, was great. It was so much fun and I learned a lot and I learned uh, how to accidentally make a ranch dressing Super Bowl. Yes, yeah. yes. And if you put too much xanthan gum in it, it thickens very slowly. Dan, I might've been in your group because it was like, <laughs> it was like we made a ranch 
dressing flavored chewing gum. Yeah. It was so gross. <laughs> and also like cornstarch doesn't dissolve. So it's like all these food science things. It's like, I will never forget the ranch Super Bowl. That's yeah. amazing. And it, because ranch is supposed to be good on everything. Yeah, yeah right. It turns out when you chew it, no. Yeah, exactly. That's the wrong texture. Yeah. Uh, and then there was also some stuff about making boba, which I had some experience with. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, this is how we can like take it and bring it to like a larger group. So actually the year after the summer school, uh, someone reached out to me and was like, hey, we want to make a new science and engineering camp for high schoolers as an on-ramp to another science and engineering camp. And I'm like, hey, do I have the demo for you? And it's BOVA. And we had students making a bunch. We talked about scale-up. So sort of stuff that I learned from that, I'm like, okay, I'm going to transfer that in and we can make a really engaging workshop out of it for high school students. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I think it's cool too because she gave that workshop and then within just a few years she was writing the food for thought column yeah. in the journal of chemical engineering education yeah and it was like there there isn't a better person to do that kind of thing oh, what yeah. a unique skill set and then also um i think the second demo was learning about like how to calculate activity based on water content i'm like yes. i understand activity better now <laughs> yeah and she i think the way she put it is she looked up fda regulations or guidelines for amount of like water in substances and it said activity coefficient. She's yeah. like, is that the same as the activity <laughs> coefficients we talk about in thermodynamics? Yeah. yeah. And it turned out it was. It was and super cool. <laughs> I remember too, there was something about how she had a problem where it was, they were making strawberry jam, if yeah. I remember correctly. And it was like fresh strawberries plus sugar, you know, how much sugar do you need? Like there was water too. Yeah. And the students were, they did the calculations. They're like, we must've made a mistake because it looks like the, the jam has to be like 60% sugar. And she's like, no, you didn't make a mistake. <laughs> That's jam. That's strawberry jam. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Sandy? Uh, well, so in 2017, I will admit I totally fangirled. <laughs> uh, I had, uh, I was working at Georgia Tech mm -hmm. at the time, uh, and I was responsible for their what, what later would be called a learning assistant uh, tech program, you know, undergrads and classrooms. And so I had been learning all about um, active learning techniques and how to get students engaged. And then I got to summer school and Felder was here. Whoa. <laughs> and uh, so you know, he did the kind of opening um, teaching institute and active learning. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I totally fangirled. I'm like, can I get your autograph? Uh-huh. <laughs> Now, I remember I've probably attended that workshop eight times in my life, and I remember the first time I saw it, and I started off a little, you know, reticent to kind of get into like, ah, you know, the way I've been teaching is just fine. And then at some point I realized he said something like, you know, we've been talking for two hours at this point. It doesn't feel like it does, and I'm like, oh, it doesn't, because we were doing active learning activities all the time. It's like, wow, this has been a really enjoyable experience. I didn't even realize it and the light bulb clicked for me. And then from then on, I was, like you said, I'll say a fanboy. I was an active learning devotee at that point. So, you know, what about the social activities? Because, for instance, later this week, I'm going to be going whitewater rafting. That was one of the opportunities. But this is like baseball game, you know, there's all hiking, there's all sorts of terrific activities. So what about the social activities that you did? It doesn't have to be one of those type of big social activities, but like, what social things do you remember from the summer school that you attended? So, you know, I think we talked about it a little bit before is that, you know, what makes summer school different is, is that, you know, especially if you're living in the dorms or the residence halls, is that you're, you're all really together. And the weather at Orono was beautiful mm -hmm. and, you know, I had met all these people. It's like, you know, you found your people, right? It's my first time going like, oh, wow, all these people are interested in the same kind of things that I'm interested in. Um, and I did a bunch of fanboying too, like, because I was, 
my first one, I had just started using Milo's book on thermodynamics, and I met Milo. So I met the guy who wrote the textbook. It felt like, oh my God, this is amazing, right? And a bunch of us new people who were first timers there, and we're sitting outside. I think you were there. I, you were, you, I was. You were there. Yes, at this I was table. there. It was a bunch of, that's, I think, my first time I met you. Yes, I think it was. We were at a picnic table. Yeah, it was a picnic table yeah. outside. And there was like a volleyball court nearby, and all the dorms were just kind of there. And Maine, it's Maine, so there's no air conditioning, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people had their windows open. And I guess we were being a little loud, right? Because Milo, that I don't know, who's my hero at this point, wrote the textbook, comes out and kind of yells at us for being loud, <laughs> right? He was there, his wife was there, he's like, it's, it's like 10 o'clock, guys, you know? And we're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, right? And so it was like, it felt like being chastised, but it was totally funny. And now like Milo and I, like we worked on this conference together, we worked on this together, so like, but it was funny, like back then it was just like Milo was larger than life and dad was coming out to yell at us because we were too loud at the conference. And so that's that's really stands out in my mind as, as one of the social things that was funny because it was probably like 10, 11 o'clock. Yeah. We were drinking some beers and Milo comes out and says, you guys are being awfully loud. I, like, I remember that yeah. too. And to me, I hadn't met him yet. Yeah. So it was just, who was that guy? <laughs> And I just remember being mortified because I was like, that's Milo Goretzky. Yeah, I remember you saying that. I'm like, who? And I was like, oh, I'm going to his workshop later this week. The aforementioned concept warehouse workshop. And I was like, that was a seminal moment in my life. So yeah, that was that was a funny one. Yeah. What about you, Dan? So I remember there was an opening mixer and we got carted to like a children's museum or oh yes center. i actually helped set up yeah that event. Uh -huh. it was super cool it was also great to see like chemical engineers getting like phd chemical engineers getting really into a giant game of kerplunk <laughs> yeah. pulling things out and hoping the tennis balls don't fall i remember like there were musical stairs there's like this is a blur but like we kept rolling some sort of balls up a ramp like giant ski ball mm -hmm. and like everybody just getting really into these really simple games and like cheering each other on. I was like, oh yeah, we have fun in this community. I remember that so, too. Yeah. And that was when they were all oversized, like oversized yeah. Connect Four, <laughs> Yes, all these things. What about you, Sandy? Um, so I also finally remember the museum, yeah. uh, but, but I'll take us in a slightly different track uh, in that, uh, again, first experience with the dorm, uh, was not a big fan of the paper thin uh, pillow. <laughs> yeah. And the micro towel that we provided. Uh, Same here, too. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so I remember a lot of us first timers all kind of, who's got a car? Who's got a car? We got to make a Walmart run. <laughs> and so that the big social thing was figuring out who had the car, how many people we could pack in it, how many pillows and towels and bottles of wine we had to buy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I'll, I'll tell a quick story. This isn't about a past summer school, but it's about the current summer school. This was just last night. So the thing is, is that I got here and I realized there weren't any hangers, clothes hangers, right? <laughs> and so I, I said to myself, what am I going to do? Because I wanted to have all my clothes hung up appropriately and all this. So I could just, you know, throw them on in the morning, no wrinkles and all that. So I'm like, well, I really want some, some clothes hangers. So I went to a bar with a few folks last night and I noticed that they had shirts with like the logo of the bar printed on them. And what are they on? They're on clothes hangers. So I wonder, I'm like, I wonder how I can get some of these clothes hangers. So I walk up to the bartender and I ask him for, you know, what, what do I need to do to get clothes hangers? Kind of explained, like, I'm staying in the dorms, there are no clothes hangers I'd like to have, so what do I need to do? And he looks at me, he's like, you're joking? Are you joking with me? And I'm like, no, no, I'm not joking. He's like, you're sitting with a big group of people over there. He's like, did they put you up to this? Is this a bet? 
and I was like, no, 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 it's not a bet. Like, I, I just want to know, like, I'll buy them. Like, how much do you want me to pay you for just a few clothes hangers? He's like, I tell you what. He's like, do a shot with me, and I'll give you clothes hangers. And I was like, all right. So he pours a shot. We both do a shot, and uh, he brings out three clothes hangers, and I give him a big tip. And he was like, this is great. He's like, enjoy the clothes hangers. And so now I'm probably going to keep those clothes hangers forever. Like, I'll bring them home, and I'll be like, those are my summer school and golden clothes hangers. That is Matt's, uh, sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sir, this is a Wendy's. Yeah, clothes hangers. Sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> exactly. When you're doing your shopping for clothes hangers at a bar, exactly. sir, sir, I think you have a drinking problem. <laughs> so, you know, we got through all the questions I wanted to ask about the past summer schools, so now I'm really grateful because we get to get to my favorite question on the podcast, which is about music, right? So. I haven't gotten to talk with any of you about music because when we go, I know some of you really well, I, Dan's, we collaborate together all the time on projects. So we never talk about music though. So I'm curious. So Dan Berkey, what, what kind of music do you like? What's your favorite band? Uh, you know, it's uh, Nickelback. No, I'm no. <laughs> Sorry, right? So now everyone stopped listening, right? So it's like, oh God, next time I see Dan Burke, you have to hit him. Um, no, so actually, uh, the, the funny story, the first CD that I ever bought off of Amazon was Stunt by Bare Naked Ladies. Okay. And that was probably my, my favorite go-to band for quite a long time until Stephen Page left. They were never quite the same after Stephen Page left that band. They, they lost something, but they still go. They still have, you know, new albums and stuff occasionally, but the, the classic stuff from sort of the late 90s from them is, is probably my go-to stuff when I, when I need to hit the nostalgia button. Nice. So, funny story, Stunt is also the first CD that I ever got. <laughs> wow. This is why Dan and I are friends. Yes. Very uh, so. ladies are great. Um, when I was in college, I went through like that whole 2000s alt-rock, like Franz Ferdinand, The Killers. Mm -hmm. um, but then I'm also like really into like New Wave and things derivative of that. And also that new Beyonce song is real fire. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, so for me, it's anything I can sing along with. Oh, that's great. Uh, and and I, I don't mean like, you know, like, I mean like sing along mm -hmm. with, like belt at the top of your lungs, and, you know. And so I have, I have no thyroid. Uh, and so I mi I'm missing um, uh, two, maybe three notes. Okay. Uh, so, so now my singing is even worse. <laughs> uh, but that does not stop me from going to the dueling piano bars are the karaoke. That's great. So I'm wondering, Sandy, do you have the same sort of affliction that seems like some of the folks that have been on my podcast have, because I know myself and I just interviewed Courtney Fluger the other day, and then Aleph, we all seem to recall the lyrics to many, many songs. Do you have this same thing? You do. That's, I do. I, I don't know where it comes from, but I think it, you too, Dan? Yeah, no. Wow. I compartmentalize things in my brain weird. <laughs> I really wonder if there's something about being an engineering education faculty member. <laughs> like, are we more, I'd love to do a study on this. We'll have to get the IRB approved, right? <laughs> but I'd love to do a study on it. Are 
engineering educators, chemical engineering educators, more likely than the general populace to know the words to many, many, many songs. Yeah. So I'm going to go no. <laughs> you can talk to my wife because I like to sing, mm -hmm. right? But I always get the lyrics wrong. Uh -huh. So I will go around and I make them up, right? I make up whatever sounds good. So, so you're go, a weird Al Yankovic. So I go out and I make stuff up, and my wife was 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 a music person in college, and so and she's also very good at, at lyrics and stuff like that. So I'll butcher stuff. Mm -hmm. And she just gets mad at me. Right? She's just kind of, she's like, that's not the words. And I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, I know, but I don't remember the words. And she's just like, words. So I, I definitely do not have that talent of remembering words or lyrics. I just kind of like, you know, I'll bebop along and, and substitute whatever's happened whatever's flashing across the brain at the moment into the lyrics. Yeah. So then, uh, Sandy mentioned karaoke. So, Dan, if you know a bunch of words to songs, what's your karaoke cut? What do you go oh, to? Oh, I, I keep meaning to go to karaoke, but I don't know. Like, I used to do rock band a lot with my friends. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, and actually, for New Year's Eve 2020, when we're all beaten down by society and like mm -hmm. they're hanging out with my friends and we all decide that we are going to play the same song on loop and everybody has to sing it. And it was the sign by Ace of Base. Oh, <laughs> so every, we had to do a sign off to 2020. That is. And so now it's like whenever I hear that song, I associate it with that. Group of oh man. And what a time to remember. So yeah. now it's like Pavlov's dog. You yeah. hear Ace of Base, you're like, oh, is the world ending? Oh no. <laughs> What about you, Sandy? What's your go-to at karaoke? Or the uh, dueling pianos? Yeah, see, the dueling pianos, you never know what's going to come up. Okay. Because it's, you know, whoever puts a suggestion in. and uh, But I will say that I did win the cruise ship award Whoa. at the dueling piano bar for knowing the most lyrics of songs. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> We're, we're going to have to get a crew together and go karaoke. I think that would be a lot of fun. Incidentally, my go-to karaoke songs, I got two of them, right? My first one is Blister in the Sun by The Violent Femmes. <laughs> and my second one is Santa Monica by Everclear. Those are my two go-to ones. I really like hip-hop, but man, it, never underestimate how hard it is to rap a rap song. It is really, really tough. I remember I tried like... What was it? I tried a, a Snoop Dogg song once, and I was like, I, I can't, I can't rap that fast. I can't do it. He's too good. So we actually have a little bit of time, so I'm going to spring something on our audience. Do we have any questions from the audience? Any comments? Tracy, we got one over here. Tracy Gardner. Tracy Carter, excuse me. Very ladies, one week. That's in tough carry. Yes, it is. One week. As long as I've known that song, and it's like, whenever I hear a song that I love, I'm like, I need to learn the lyrics right now, I still mess it up yeah. all the time. Like, uh -huh. That's like Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire. Right? <laughs> that's just, my favorite. Right? Yeah. That's, that's another one of those ones where basically you need a good memory to, yeah. to, to be able to do that. So, again, I'll just make stuff up, which drives people crazy. Right? So. <laughs> or REM, it's R the world as we know it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah, that's a tough Bernstein. <laughs> <laughs> Well, see, the other piece that I find fun, you asked about bands, uh -huh. not, not like my favorite of all time, but what I'm currently into, uh -huh. um, is postmodern jukebox. Okay. And so they take current and recent songs and remix them into uh, jazz and retro and swing. And, um, and because I know all the words, like, I know the song. Uh -huh. Everyone's like, how do you know this song? <laughs> That's great. So, so yeah, if, if you like that kind of uh, uh, retro, um, classic swing, check out Postmodern Jukebox. 
<laughs> Dance of fame. Yeah. Anything else from our audience? Any questions for the panel? We got one from Joe Shea. What's here? Well, why don't you karaoke creep by, uh, um, what you call it? Radiohead? <laughs> <laughs> I like the postmodern jukebox version of creep. Wow, so there you go, Joe. Sandy will do it for you. No, I think you should. Uh, I, I could do creep. <laughs> Not like Tom York, though. I, I, don't have, I don't have those kind of pipes. Well, but just just a lyric. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, Joe, sure. thank you for that. I appreciate it. Joe, like Shattenstein. Yeah, exactly. For those who don't know, Joe was my professor whenever I was uh, an undergraduate at WVU. He used to be my favorite professor, I'll say. After <laughs> <laughs> Anything else from our audience? I can't guarantee all this is going to make it into the episode, but I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to ask questions for our panel. Anything? Well, if not, we're going to go to dinner because I know that dinner is already started. So we're going to jump in there. But thank you to my panel. Let's give them a round of applause, everyone. Thank you for being here. And I look forward to the next recording on Thursday. So let's all have a terrific rest of the summer school. Thanks, everyone. Awesome. And I got stickers for everybody. I'm good, thank you. I'm getting into Did you like this edition of In the Fume Hood? Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasting fix. Follow us on Twitter at In the Fume Hood, and feel free to share feedback, suggestions, or let us know if we got something wrong.